Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Monday, September 30th. My, my, what a month podcast anniversary has been. And there is so many things that we have been celebrating over the past month. If you remember, we had a free gift of Make Modern Magazine, issue 29. You can listen to previous podcasts to find out how you can get yours. It's a wonderful magazine, a digital download. And then in Make Modern Celebrates, their fifth birthday, I had an article in there called Why is Quilting Good for Us? And you could purchase that and read all about why quilting is good for you, as well as many patterns and wonderful inspirational ideas. You know, I've been working on pineapples all month to celebrate and together on My Creative Corner 3, a Facebook group, we have been making pineapples and I don't know, I think I'm at about a dozen. I'm very close to that. I have a little bit more fabric in my layer cake and I'm going to keep going until I run out. Yeah, it's going to take me well beyond September and I knew that when I started, but that's all right. I enjoy cutting up these layer cakes and playing with the colors. It's been more of a color studies of aquas and blues and greens. And I'm throwing in some yellow for a little bit of splash of fun. So picking a project that's simple to piece sometimes is just the thing I need because it inspired me to really focus on other things besides the piecing part, um, colors, shapes, and things like that. I did a crochet pillow over the summer and I put the pattern on Our Creative Souls. It's um, ourcreativesouls.wordpress.com. That's where my sister and I have a website devoted to crafting um, creativity and upcycling and we talk a lot about our gardens in the summer and fairy gardens and things like that. Don't miss it. It's a tapestry stitch single crochet pillow and I made it like one of those pot holders that I made when I was a little kid. Have you ever made one of those where you chain a foundation and then you go around the top and the bottom and around and around and around until you have the square made of your pot holder. Um, when I made it, you alternated colors so that you had stripes. Now it's not a fantastic pot holder because um, you have to really buy a special yarn. You probably should fill it with um, uh, Inselbright or something like that to keep the heat from your hands. Or if you picked a yarn that wasn't all natural fibers, you probably could melt it on a pot holder. However, um, it's a fun little project to make. And I thought, this We Are Knitter's yarn was so beautiful and it was constructed in a round around a chain base. And I thought the pot holder method would be great because then I could use the cream background as sashing and blue squares as my main color. Then when it was um, put, you 
put the pillow in it basically on a diagonal and close the back kind of like that pot holder and I did include a video on making that pot holder so you understood that when you put the the pillow inside it that the pillow was on the diagonal on the diagonal and then you closed it up so then your squares become diamonds it was easy it was quick and I thought a very simple way to make a very modern looking toss pillow cover with that very cool um, in trend pattern where it's diamonds surrounded by what we would call sashing and quilting so that's on our creative souls.wordpress.com very simple um, I used about two skeins each of the 100 grams cotton yarn from we are knitters I had a cream color and a navy blue the very dark navy blue almost black color and I upcycled a pillow that I had in the house that needed to be covered again and then I wrapped the pillow in leftover batting that's a creamy color so that the colors of the pillow didn't show through the stitches of my pillow cover. So those are some of the fun things that I've been doing over podcast anniversary this month. And today's no different. And the last day of celebrating, you may have heard the rollout of the new logo is going to be on all social media and music has made my by my son and daughter-in-law, Sean and Renee. Sean did the music and he did exactly what I asked. I wanted a real upbeat 1980s style synth driven uh, music. And I don't know what you call it, intro. And we're going to have some bumpers made. There's going to be a little bit of transition as I try a new format. And Renee did the graphic artwork for the logo and my banners and all of the different things you'll see on social media. Um, I just love, love, love the new look and the upgrade. And I thought we'd go into the fourth year with a new look, a fresh approach, maybe even little segments into the podcast and just trying some new things. So I hope you really like it. Now, if you're in the market for a new logo and music, just give the kids a call. Well, you'd probably want to send them an email. You know, I'm old now. I say call. Send them an email at withmindandheart at gmail.com. I will put a link in the show notes as well as um, link to With Mind and Heart's Etsy shop. You know, they did a fantastic job and you will love the results. I am just absolutely thrilled. So that's the wrap up of podcast anniversary. I'm just so excited we had this month to celebrate the third year of podcasting and going into the fourth season. Um, I just can't thank everyone enough for being supportive listeners and for interacting over time and making comments and those who are um, maybe shy and don't want to publicly comment in this day and age, go ahead and send me an email or you can um, send me a direct message through Instagram or Facebook. So on with the podcast. Now that podcast anniversary is over, let's talk about the things that I'm working on next. So are you ready for October finish 2019? That's the hashtag that I'm going to be following 
on Instagram with my friends and my Facebook group, My Creative Corner 3, is going to work on something. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you just need a month of not starting anything new. And I have a few new things that I'm, I'm putting off until I wrap up some of the things I've had going. I'm not happy with the finish of my pineapple quilt that I did with a fat quarter shop on the pineapple day quilt. The rows just aren't lining up the way I had envisioned it. So I'm going to take it apart, do some minor surgery, pull the papers off, and then I want to make it rectangular. It's square. It just needs one more row with a couple of paper piece blocks and sashing. The biggest challenge is going to be removing a few seams to line up my rows better. You know, that's always been kind of a struggle for me. Have you had trouble with anything in quilting like that? It's just like this one thing. Okay, for me, it's two things. I have two things. Binding has not been my forte in lining up the rows. It's just, I don't know what it is. I think somehow or another, some of the sashing fabric that I cut wasn't cut accurately. It was a little wonky. One might be longer, maybe by an eighth to a quarter of an inch. The other one might be a little shorter. And I think I left the paper on the back of the blocks when I sewed them together. I don't think that was a good idea. I should have taken all the papers off and then tried to line them up. So that has been my challenge. So I'm going to fix it in October finish. And then, you know, I, I keep going, well, then I'm going to get that done. And then I'm going to get this done. And then I'm going to, no, one thing at a time, one focal thing, one focal point. If I get more done, great. But the one finish I want to do, and it might take me all months because it's going to be 15 minutes at a time, a little bit in the evening. And I can only take so much of ripping all those papers off. You know, that's just really one of the jobs. I love, love, love paper piecing. I really can't stand ripping the papers off. That's why I left the papers on and then tried to sew it together. And now I have a mess. So as my grandma used to say, haste makes waste. I've wasted all that time because I tried to hurry up. And that's the truth. <laughs> So the next thing I want to work on is um, a knit project. I am knitting a shawl and I'm coming to the end of my first big skein of yarn. It's big, chunky, pink, raspberry, and brown. And um, when I finish that skein, I'm going to see if I need to do a second skein because I want it to be a large oversized triangle shawl that I can wrap in. I'm a plus size woman and I want a plus sized scarf. And if I have enough, or scarf, a shawl, if I have enough left over, I'm going to crochet the ends, maybe put a little scallop or a hard border of just single crochet to give it a nice tight end. You know, sometimes the ends of your knit pieces they can catch on things and pull and then look not finished. So I want to have a good finish on it and have enough yarn to do that project. I'm plodding along a couple rows a day and, and I, I'm hoping to have that done so I can actually wear it this winter. That's my goal. The other thing in knitting wise is I'm watching for Simple Handmade Every Days talking about doing possibly a washcloth knit along. And that would be awesome because I have a couple of 
skeins of that cotton yarn from We Are Knitters, and I thought, wouldn't they be great for washcloths? And I have to say, the the chunky uh, peaches and cream washcloths that I've made just didn't quite cut it. Now, I years and years ago, when Nitty Gritty was back on the air, when Vicki Howell was um, on cable television, I'm going to say late 90s, I did knit with a little bit better uh, cotton yarn bar towels is what her pattern was. And they have lasted all of these years. Now, sometimes they kind of sit in my cupboard and I get them out for special occasions. But I'm telling you what, cotton yarn wears like iron. It washes like a dream. It's really sturdy. And I thought, you know what, I may try to make some little washcloths and just a little fidget to do in the evening once my big yarn project for this shawl is done. Now I do have yarn for one more very thin, lightweight shawl, but um, I want to do that more towards spring because it's like thin, even thinner than um, sock yarn. And so I'm scared to try to knit on it because I'm not that skilled of a knitter. Um, I need more practice in get my confidence level up. So that's my thought on knitting. I'm working on that. I'm not crocheting right now because I just finished that project. And I have been in a wanting to do all kinds of different crafts and the Cricut Maker has really helped fill that gap. So for my October project, I'm, I'm cutting out now and going to continue probably through the first week, three-dimensional pumpkins. Now it is a pattern that is on the design space, but I've also seen this out on Pinterest as a free pattern. And that's they're dimensional, meaning you cut like 10 pumpkins and then you fold them in half and then you glue about, you know, there you do 10 pumpkins, but you're gluing like a front and back to each other. So you wind up having five and when they're folded in half, you glue them all on the spines together and it makes a three-dimensional pumpkin. Now you could use orange paper, you could put glitter paper, you could do whatever you want. And I'm starting out with white paper as a test run. And I thought there's polka dots on mine and I'm gonna make it a white pumpkin with orange polka dots. And I might even color the stems in at the top. We'll see. <laughs> so doing some holiday paper crafts is fun. I want to learn more and more about this Cricut Maker. Um, I'm really looking at trying to do some holiday gifts and Christmas gifts and things like that. So learning about making paper crafts and doing more vinyl, I really, really like working with the vinyl and I want to get better at it. So I'm going to keep working on those things. And I've seen some really cute ideas on Pinterest and I just kind of like, you know how when you first start learning something. You want to try everything and you almost have this manic sense that you have to make all these billion different projects to try new techniques. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Cricut Maker, but I'm slowing myself down to work on two media, vinyl and paper. And if I get better and maybe by spring, I've learned enough, I'll be more confident to try the heat transfer vinyl that you could put on 
fabric or the ink tents. Oh my gosh, that stuff looks so beautiful. And you actually iron that ink into a polyester. It has to be poly, not cotton. Too bad because I really was having some fantastic ideas for that. But I thought, well, you know, there's still some great ideas with polyester in the future, people. I have to rein myself in. I'll either be broke or burnt out or have a house full of crafting projects that never get finished. And I don't want to be like that. Um, so that's my plan for October is the finish along. And then I want to work on more Halloween pumpkins. And I don't know, I might even try to cut out a skeleton. And then the knitting is my slow, steady, handwork in the evening and then maybe if I have time and things get going I may do a October finish by adding binding to another little project or two. Been loving football on TV and doing a lot of handwork with that so that's pretty cool. I have binding on my granddaughter's quilt. It's the Peter Pan quilt with the economy blocks. And you know what's so exciting about this is that I did the binding all by myself. Now I've had some help over the last couple years with um, friends of mine who've offered to do binding for me. And I'm now doing my own binding. And the best bit of advice that I got on improving my binding was my friend who's been helping me a lot said to cut my binding at two and three quarters width. I know you're saying that's so wide. What is the deal with that? Well, I did two and a half forever and I couldn't get the corners mitered and I pull the top around to the back and I hand stitch it and I'm finding that extra quarter inch makes it to where I can take a good quarter to maybe closer to half inch seam allowance. It fills that binding so it's nice and full but not so tight that I can't get the seam covered on the back with my stitching. When you pull it back around to the back and hand stitch it down, I use quilting thread too, people. I've tried thinner sewing thread and my other some of my quilts that I gave to my granddaughter with some very expensive thread the the bindings have all fallen apart with the hand stitching so I'm going back to using heavier quilting thread on everyday quilts so that two and three quarters when I flip it around and sew it's it's pretty full it's not tight like a piping but it's a full binding it's flat and the great news is it's making my binding better and more even and it looks straight. I actually had all four corners miter well and I did the hard join. I'm just thrilled that this quilt has <laughs> it's come together and this little girl will have Grammy uh, send her a little you know a little it's a twin size quilt for her birthday and I quilted it and she has a matching wall hanging hanging the blue Peter Pan um while hanging that's all done in elongated swirls and echoes that looks like wind. You may have seen that on Instagram and it'll go with the, her room is in blues. So I'm excited about that and it's coming together. So I wanted to share that tip. You know, I've had a lot of people look at me like, no way I've done two and a quarter for years. 
maybe go to two and a half. It was adding that quarter inch when that eased my struggle. Part of it is I just, my fingers aren't as, I don't have that dexterity anymore, but the extra was what made my bindings better. And I've been told by several people and judges at quilt shows that my binding needed some work. So I'm very self-aware and now I'm pretty excited because I think this is phenomenal. For years, I just rounded the corners because I couldn't stand the mitering. I never, it never laid flat and it pinched and it looked terrible. Anyway, I don't know what I was doing wrong, but you know how sometimes it just comes together for you. And after um, many decades of sewing quilts and trying to bind them, I think I may have figured it out. <laughs> so that's my quilt tip for the week. So you remember um, in September, maybe the end of August, I submitted the little apple mug rug to Sulky and they put that up as a free pattern and it was so cute. I I had to send them four of my coasters. Uh, I sent them four I, so they had choices for the photograph but I kept one and, I, and I'm thinking about making more apple mug rugs someday but I have a fall themed table runner. So watch for Sulky's website. Um, it used some stabilizer that they, um, it's really perfect for paper piecing on um, paper solvy and I really, really like it. And they've also given me an opportunity to work with a different product with another stabilizer. And so as I get going with that, I'm going to try this as a Cricut project, but, um, be watching. I, I think I'm going to have a few things periodically as I come up with ideas and I'm going to submit them to see if that's something that will work for their blog. But watch for the fall table runner. It's so pretty. It's in the colors of fall. It's just, mm. I, I was really pleased with that and I should make another one because I really, really liked it and thought that the colors on it just worked out. And I have no idea where all of these fabrics came in my stash, except for the backing fabric I bought at um, Joann's a long time ago. It was a 50 inch wide tablecloth fabric that had fall leaves and green and pumpkins. Well, I cut the pumpkin borders off and used the center for the table runner. And it was actually just lovely. It worked out great. You know, sometimes when you're looking at your fabric, you know, I always think I'm never going to ever forget where I got this or what line it is or anything like that. And then, you know, you get it home and you pet it for a few months or years or whatever, and you pull it out and go, man, I'd love to have more of this orange. I wonder what kind of fabric it was. Mm, I don't know, but There'll be more orange fabric in the future. That'll be beautiful. But I believe these were probably from QuiltCon. So it's probably the pineapple fabric. It was beautiful. I just love the orange. It turned out great. So over the years, I've collected, you know, like Kona and certain other solids. And it was not um, a solid reading fabric. It was, it was solid. So... I just love solids, but I'm kind of falling back in love with prints again. I'm working with that pineapple 
um, cafe facet or K facet as my friends call it, um, layer cake. And I'm like, Ooh, these hot prints are just super cool. And I have a Tula pink De La Luna Halloween, um, layer cake that I can't bring myself to cut up yet, but I may get it out for Halloween and look at it <laughs> because it has the, um, sugar skull, um, Luna sisters, their faces look like skulls with all kinds of cool stuff. And yeah, yeah, so I'm falling back in love with prints again, and I'm thinking I may go back to the quilt shop because I found out something amazing at Delphine's Quilt Shop, and I need to go back and look at it. Um, they had a whole row of fabric called Tilda from Tilda Fabrics. Oh my goodness. I love it. It's the very large prints on some of it, but very tiny. Um, I'm just so, so taken with it. Um, I think they're a little bit older lines, but I've got to go back and maybe this weekend I'll have time and a little jingle in my pocket to be able to go buy some of the Tilda fabric. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I want to try buy a few in half yard cuts, maybe use some for English paper piecing, but use some of it for some fussy cutting. Oh my goodness. It's just prints. You know, it's amazing to me how I, my tastes have changed over the years. Prints to solids and prints to solids and solids to solids to grunge to all kinds of solid reading fabric. Now I'm back to prints. I don't know how that happens, but when um, new lines come out, I'm getting more discriminating about the things that I really like because, you know, I'm one of these people that have had the saying that I've never met a color that I didn't like and I've never met a fabric line that I didn't like. And I've gotten to a point where I, I have some very interesting tastes in fabric and prints and I, I just really am just kind of baffled. I've baffled myself that I'm really loving this sweet, um, old fashioned feeling of some of the Tilda fabrics. And what I like is that they're not, they're timeless. They're not really set in a time period like the thirties or the solids. Some people will associate with a certain time period, but I just surprise myself every once in a while because you know what? I'm giving myself permission to say it's okay to be tired of working with one color or one color palette or one type of fabric, which is solids or solid reading and be able to switch back and forth. And I also want to say, you know, in closing that it's okay to switch back and forth in styles. Um, I, I, I was going back, I'm giving a lecture actually Thursday down in Lansing and um, I'll report next week on how it went, but it is my fusion quilting lecture. So I've been thinking a lot about this over the last couple of days and, you know, giving myself permission to say, you know, I am not just a modern quilter. In fact, most people probably wouldn't classify me as a modern quilter, even though I like to do improv. I'm a contemporary quilter, yes, but the fusion quilting is what I've called myself for a long time because, you know, back in the day, you were either a traditional quilter or you were an art quilter 
and then modern became a word. And I always thought myself as more modern, but I had roots in tradition. And that's when I fused these ideas together, which most quilters do. Um, and it's not anything new, but I just call myself a fusion quilter. And I am fusing all of the experiences and colors and even things that you learn in other media like coloring or even on the Cricut or knitting. All of that stuff comes together and it inspires you to do some amazing thing with a quilt design or pattern. I'm inspired by actually so many different things and a lot of it comes from nature but Fusion quilting is something that has allowed me to give myself permission to say, I'm not any one thing. And it's okay to go back and forth from making incredibly traditional blocks in traditional colors to something more contemporary, to something wackadoo and way far out like my <laughs> AQS Grand Rapids fifth element quilt that I loved making and I loved everything about that quilt. But if you were to look at my body of work, so to speak, there's nothing consistent about it. It's all experiments and ideas that translate into fabric. And in giving yourself permission to say it's okay not to be any one thing because I am this. I've heard people say that I'm a traditional quilter and that's all I am. Well, good for you. You like it. You love it. And you're happy there. Great. But it didn't work for me when I tried. I, I couldn't stick with that. I am loving that I'm still seeing Dear Janes out there because maybe I'll get enough confidence in my applique skills to try. But Dear Jane is something that is timeless. It's modern and traditional all at the same time. And I want to do a fusion quilt with that someday, probably when I retire because, you know, it's not a uh, one-year project. It may be a long-term project. <laughs> And giving yourself permission to exercise your creative muscle every day is excellent for your brain and it's excellent for creativity. And something that I have come to be a truth for me is that creativity brings on more creativity. It's an exercise that just keeps on giving. And, and I'm thinking of resurrecting the daily, no, probably weekly creative prompt challenges on my Facebook page after the holidays, because that was some of the most creative times in the last few years was when I was doing creative exercises every day, not just working on a project, but doing a 15 minute creative exercise, you know, writing, um, coloring, all kinds of media. And it really made me very creative, much like when you exercise that the positive effects of exercise last for way beyond the 15 or 20 minutes that my body will let me exercise. And I noticed that it's all a very positive and healthy thing. So creativity is I kind of in my estimation a giving yourself permission to try new things and being okay that every once in a while it just doesn't work out and it's not ruined it's just it was an opportunity to try something new and wonderful and yeah some things don't exactly turn out the way my mind's eye thought it would and some people might say some of them are downright hideous, but 
I love every piece that I make, even when I give them to my granddaughters and I know they'll probably get used and loved and cuddled and that still makes me feel good. So what kind of creative exercises are you doing? Maybe you want to join me on the Facebook group after the first of the year. We're going to do them, I think, weekly because I needed more time than one day to think about the prompt and do things in steps. Because I'm a firm believer, you know, that at My Creative Corner 3, we work on things at 15-minute intervals and increments. I tried to blend the two words and it didn't work. Because when I do that every day, it's one stitch, one block, one row at a time. Let me know what you think of the new logo and music because I absolutely love it and I hope you do too. The fresh look is helping me as I'm entering my fresh year, which started in September as it always does, and wrapping up podcast anniversary to jumping off into October finishes 2019. Everyone, I hope you take time to be creative and quilt on everyone.